G'day everyone and welcome to another edition of the Weekend Wrap brought to you by Crowcast of course. A bit of a struggle this week but we got there in the end over North Melbourne so uh, let's crack straight into it and uh, talk all about it. Good evening, good evening and welcome to another edition of the Weekend Wrap Round 4 versus North Melbourne. A bit of a struggle but we got there in the end. Nikki, how are you? Oh, it was a very frustrating game today but it was Was nice to actually hear the Crows song three times on one weekend. (laughs) Yeah, well there was that I guess. But uh, oh my god, that was painful to watch after the first, I don't know, ten minutes or so. Um, yeah, and then the last quarter was okay. A freaking nightmare until the end, yeah. <laughs> they kept us guessing. Uh, Mac is around. Uh, he's struggling with technology at the moment, so uh, he'll be with us at some stage, uh, but he's not with us right now. So, uh, And we do have a bit of a special guest tonight, uh, a bit later on. Uh, one of our esteemed listeners. Uh, g'day to everyone who's in Discord, uh, everyone who's watching and listening on YouTube and also Twitch. Um, get around us uh, if you're on YouTube give us a subscribe and a like that helps us with the algorithm Nikki why don't we just go straight into talking about the ladder no the weekend's games (laughs) (laughs) come on mate you know you know what's going on (laughs) I was there was a pause and I'm like oh it's supposed to be me (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, let's whip through these while Macca works himself out. And, uh, yeah, hopefully uh, he'll be on pretty soon. Thursday night, Nikki, the Swans getting up over Essendon. Poor old Benny Rutten. Sydney by three points in the end, 83-80. to 80. Not a bad game to watch, actually. On Friday night, we had uh, Port, another close one. Port getting up over Richmond, 79-77. to 77. Richmond just struggling at the minute. And Port... I don't know about you, Nick, but I didn't find them terribly convincing, but they got up. No. Uh, a Richmond supporting friend and I, uh, she's based in Melbourne. There was a lot of messaging back and forth of, are you yelling at the television as much as I am? Yeah. <laughs> so I think there was – so I was yelling at the umpires and I was yelling at Richmond players. Right. Um, yeah, both teams are a little struggling. Yeah, they're not at full strength at the moment, but uh, don't mind. It's early in the season. So a few, a few injuries going on with Port as well. Yeah, Port, um, I mean, I think it's good news for Dersma, isn't it? I haven't heard anything today, but I think it's good news for Dersma. Um, but that looked a bit nasty when he went down. But uh, was that Dersma or Butters? I always get the two confused. Dersma, I think it was I think. Butters. Butters. Oh, one of the two. Whatever. He's all right. Saturday, uh, the Bulldogs convincingly over Brisbane, 73-54. to 19-point win there for the Bulldogs just going along their merry way. Uh, St Kilda, um, what the hell happened with West Coast? I, I looked at this game about halfway through the third quarter and West Coast were absolutely cruising. 
and uh, yeah, St Kilda win going away like by twenty points. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> um, I was like, "There's there's actually men's games on on Saturday." Uh, <laughs> I was a little focused on, on a couple of other games that were going on that day, mm. uh, but yeah, I did see some of those scores, and I'm, particularly I saw the end result. Like you, I checked earlier on, and I was like, "Oh yeah, it's going as expected." And like Brad Crouch's BOG, yeah, um, <laughs> and Kilda one. I'm like, "What's going what? on? <laughs> What's going on with the world?" <laughs> uh, Brad Crouch said, "All right, twenty six posies." Um, so yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> West Coast obviously caught the early tra- plane home. Uh, we also had Carlton getting up over the Suns. The Suns would be disappointed with that, I think. Uh, Carlton in the end by 11 points. Look, the fitter side, uh, 70 to 59. Um, as predicted, and I hope people got on because it paid a right, the Giants get up over Collingwood, 90 to 60, uh, by 30 points in the end, although it was a close tussle for large parts of the game, um, but uh, 30 points in the end is a fairly convincing margin. GWS would be happy with that, given that uh, given that yes. they've got half a team out at the moment. Uh, yeah, some, and, sometimes that's sorry, kind man. of what happens when you... Just so those little couple of players down, everybody has to lift. Yeah. They do. Yeah. It's like, yeah, well, where 100%. was that effort beforehand? Yep, that's right. If that, I mean, as Malcolm Blight used to say, if you play above yourself, then that's your new benchmark, you know. So there's uh, no excuses for the Giants. Although Collingwood, to be honest with you, look at, I reckon they're rabble. Like at the moment, their admin's cooked. Uh, I reckon Nathan Buckley's cooked. Uh, the players look like they're going through the motions. They're a club that's very much like we were. I reckon in parts of 2018 and 2019. I reckon uh, going to need a bit of a. Uh, regeneration, that club, I think. Um, today, apart from us, we had Melbourne convincingly over Geelong, 85-60. to 60. Melbourne there by 25 points. Geelong also just going at the moment. Um, and the late game, Frio ended up getting up. Nasty over... injury to Stephen May. Oh, I didn't see it. So, um, yeah, what happened? Uh, fractured eye socket. Ooh, not Accidental good. elbow to the face from yeah. Hawkins, and it was accidental. Yeah. Uh, swelled up immediately. And they like confirmed that yeah, fractured eye socket. It was taken straight to hospital. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, a Frio getting up in the last game, ninety six to eighty one over Hawthorne, fifteen points there. Let's have a quick look at the ladder. I think while we're here, we have. I've, yeah, I was Sorry, just going to say in that Frio Hawthorne game, that was a horrible one to watch. They were both as oh bad as each other. Oh, who'd watch that game? Seriously. Um, right, so we've got uh, three teams on top, Bulldogs, Melbourne and Sydney, or on four wins. Uh, we have Port and us on 12. Who would have thought that? Who would have thought that we'd be even on points with Port <laughs> after four rounds, eh? Not Kane Corns. <laughs> no. Uh, West Coast, Carlton, Richmond making up the eight, Fremantle, Geelong and St Kilda on similar points, but just outside. Uh Essendon, Gold Coast, Collingwood, Giants, Brisbane and Hawthorne also on zero points, uh, four points I should say, and North Melbourne yet to score. So, uh, yeah, North Melbourne, I think we've made North Melbourne look good today, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, So look, you know, not a bad, not a bad um, round of matches. Uh, there's a couple of really good games. The the Friday night 
Thursday night games were really good. Um, and, uh, of course, ours was pretty good. And I reckon, why don't we start talking about it right now, Nick? Oh, we could do that. Adelaide 16-13-109 defeated North Melbourne 10 goals 8-68. In the end, a margin of 41 points. But it didn't look like a 41-point win coming up at three-quarter time. Oh, Not after a goalless third quarter. That's right. Teams don't often win when they have a goalless quarter, you know. <laughs> it was yep. terrible, terrible to watch in that second and third quarter where they... I mean, they've kicked seven goals to three in those two quarters. Um, and we've ended up having an eight-goal last quarter to one uh, to get over the line. But... Oh, it was a struggle to watch. It really was a struggle to watch. Uh, I was scrolling through Twitter a lot. (laughs) Do I want to watch the screen? Yeah, well, we were on, uh, there's a few of us on Discord chat, of course, and, um, uh, you know, it started off all right. They just looked a little bit lazy and uh, playing like millionaires earlier on. And, of course, we know what happens when teams do that. They give the opposition a sniff. And that's exactly what we did. We gave North Melbourne a sniff, and uh, if, you know, and they just bustled and hustled and worried us and hung around. And it wasn't until we started to actually play some decent uh, Adelaide Crows twenty twenty one style football that we actually shook them off. Yeah, it, it was. They were getting us on that that run and a couple of times we gave them the middle of course I'm like don't give them the middle that's basic football um and and that's that's what does worry us a number of it was those turnovers Mm. um and so we've got to kind of fix that up I I have watched Nix's presser um and I like the fact that he doesn't sugarcoat um, no, he, he doesn't talks about it. ever. But but he does also give a, a lot of the positives, which you need to do with a young group um, mm. and what they're, they're talking about. The fact why I don't mind, well, I hated those first, those middle two quarters, but it's that last one. It's that fight that we're continually showing this year. Well, and that's we've shown amazing, it every isn't game. it? Yeah, J-Mac in the chat saying North dragged us down to their level. I'm not so sure about that. I honestly think that we we just played too casually. Um, yeah. We were going for kicks that weren't quite, weren't, weren't high percentage. Um, we were second of the ball, waiting for them to make mistakes. Um, we were slack with our hands, um, and we just played like a team that felt like. All they had to do was, was turn up easy. in order to win. You know what I mean? They would just had to turn up in order to win. And um, it just isn't like that at this level. Even the worst team in the comp can put you to the sword if you give them a sniff because, you know, they're still decent players. So, yeah. um, you know, and it took us a good quarter and a half to write that shit, you know, and uh, it, it didn't look good at three-quarter time at all. Um, I... I had my doubts at three-quarter time whether we were going to get back. But as you said, Nick, um, you know, we are starting to find a habit of being able to reconfigure and regroup and uh, get our structures right. And once we've got our structures right in the last quarter and started playing the game in our half of the ground, then we looked a little bit more comfortable. Yeah. 
agree. I did like um, a little bit of individuality, but uh, Rob lifting. Um, we saw a lot more of the Rob from last year in this game and a lot of his little work. I mean, we were getting smashed in that midfield on the outside. We were getting a little bit too in close to the contest, and I think that was a bit of the makeup of that midfield a bit as well. Mm. But there were those little paddles and, and things like that that were happening. We were trying to get that that freedom to get it on the outside. The only problem is they were reading it better. Yeah. Now, Mac, are you here? No, I dragged him in, but he's not here, so we'll just keep going until he starts talking. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it was a better game. Uh, well, from, yeah, it was a better game from O'Brien and a few others. But uh, we'll go through those in a moment. Uh, first of all, though, let's have a look at some uh, the lineups, Nick, uh, because we had a had uh, an interesting lineup this week. That's just not working for me right now. Uh, interesting lineup this week uh, with Fogarty in. Uh, I expected Fogarty to come in for um, for Lynch, but as it turned out, he didn't come in for Lynch. He came in for um, Sloaney. Sloane. Mm. And that I found that interesting. I yeah, I don't think it worked. To be honest with you, I really don't think it worked. Um, but when Darcy ended up playing a bit more of a traditional role. Uh, up forward, uh, he looked all right. Uh, so what uh, Nick said in the presser was that there was a particular job that Fogg had to do in the midfield, and he said the stats don't show it, but from the oh. coaching point of view and what they wanted him to do, his I think his wording was he had a decent game. I don't um, like non-statistical said, the, the roles, show Nick. It. Now, so it's going to be interesting to know what that exactly was. But I think it is definitely, that's, we may not like it, but that's what Nick wants to do with him. Look, I, I am not a fan of the Darcy Fogarty midfield experiment. And I think today showed every piece of evidence why he's not a midfielder. He's not a midfielder. He's not quick enough. He's not agile enough. He doesn't run defensively well enough, um, you know, probably more so because of his physical limitations. Um, He is an out-and-out forward. And I don't like that we're trying to shoehorn him in to get him in the the team when, in my view, based on his output when he was playing in his suited role-up forward, he he offered us more than what Tom Lynch did. Um, Tom Lynch had a good game in round one, hasn't played well since. And I just think that Darcy needs to be in that in Lynch's spot. I don't think he's a midfielder. I don't think he'll ever be a midfielder. And I understand what the club are trying to do with uh, making him kind of a midfield forward hybrid type. Um, but he is a liability in the midfield, if you ask me. Well, we'll wait and see what we actually do with him next week. Yeah, um, Lockie Murphy's Whether the other one. Although, the team. yeah, uh, well, you know, I mean, I think his output in the end up forward was good enough to stay in the team as a forward. Definitely, um, and you know, and I did like the way they used him and Walker when they were on at the same time, 
because you have yeah, one well, they up high and one deep. Yeah, they had that elastic band um, sort of system going where, you know, they'd, they'd, they wouldn't be in the same spot as each other, want to be up and want to be back, you know, etc. So that was good. Um, they persisted with Billy Frampton. Um, Billy took a couple of clunks early um, and I thought, oh, here we go, um, but then proceeded to... Um, uh, Play like go Frampton? Back to, yeah. The, the biggest problem that I have with Billy is that he's he's invariably behind he plays a lot from behind and uh, I'd like to see him come at the ball and also wrestle for front position more in those one-on-one contests yeah I agree that's my issue with him and that's why I have always preferred Himmelberg because he actually starts from in front and that's why I got angry (laughs) the other week about Tilthorpe because Tilthorpe was play plays very like Frampton, from behind. Yeah. Well, he did that game. I mean, how many other games of his have you yeah. seen? Um, Saw him in the preseason as yeah. well, and he was um, also playing behind. Come on, Nikki. Um, I'm only going on what I've seen so far, and that was frustrating me because I'd heard so much about him. But that's that same kind of thing. But I agree, mm. particularly with looking at the stats from – the SNFL game, yeah. you'd think that Frampton's going to be out and Himmelberg could be back in. Well, you'd think so. You'd think so. Um, I don't know what Mac is doing. He's just sitting in there bloody commenting on the chat and he's sitting in the voice channel, but he's not saying a bloody word, so whatever. Um, <laughs> Jake Kelly, I could tell when I actually put it in the Discord chat, game day chat, about a minute in that he was going to have a stinker and he had a stinker, in my opinion, and... He's another one where we know what we're going to get. It's like Lynch. We know what we're going to get from Jake Kelly. And sometimes it's okay. And a lot of the times it's pretty average. And we've got a kid sitting in the twos uh, by the name of Worrell. And I think it's time that we got him in. Yeah, he got mentioned this week um, leading into um, by Nix saying that, yeah, He's close. Yeah. So that, that possibly could happen. Yeah, he needs to come in. It's it's time now. Um, we're not going to get any more out of Jake. And he's going to have the odd good game. Um, he did look a little better the other day when he was playing a little bit higher. But when he plays in those deep defensive roles, he just worries the hell out of me. And I could tell straight up that he was going to have a um, a bad game. And he did have a bad game. Um uh, look, apart from that, I think the selections were pretty right. Um, you know, we had DMAC as our um, as our medical emergency. Probably not a bad, probably not a bad option given that he's a runner um, and it was yeah, a fast and deck. On, and it's on Marvel. Yeah, so probably not a bad um, thing. He didn't get a look in in the end anyway, so uh, it didn't matter. Um. Nick, let's just have a look at some uh, team stats, shall we? Uh, and I'll just go through some of the head-to-heads here. And um, These are not going to be pretty. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting with the head-to-heads because um, I'm just getting myself set up here. A lot of it was fairly even, but when you actually had a look at... Um, 
how the game progressed. It didn't seem like it should be that even, but if you have a look at the timeline, so I'll just chuck up disposals just to get us going here. Um, and you can see that we actually out-disposed North Melbourne for a good portion of this of um, of the first quarter. And then we just kind of fell in a hole. We came back to them. They actually... Uh, you know, outpossessed us for large parts of the second and third quarter. It wasn't until the last quarter that we really started to pull away. Yeah. And I think that's a bit of uh, fitness coming into it. Although, as has been pointed out in the chat, you saw Roe was cramping in the third. Lynch didn't look fit, um, even though it was his 150th. So mm. I think there was some little bit there. But to me, a lot of it is we, we actually seem to have corrected our fitness from last year mm. uh, for these long for now the longer games. Um, and particularly on Marvel, it's, it is really that flick of the handle, fast movement, which yep. is the best way to play that ground. Yep. Um, kicks were up for us, 221 to 149. We're playing a kicking game still uh, north Similarly, had a similar kick to handball ratio, um, but not as much. We had more inside 50s, 59 to 53. Um, but again, if you have a look at uh, how they were dispersed, North Melbourne were actually up on inside 50s until about the sixth minute of the last quarter. So for the majority of the yeah. match, for the majority of the match, even though we ended up being six up on inside 50s, we were at times way down, like 10 to 15 down during the course of the match. For people watching on YouTube, I hope that graph is um, is clear there. It gives you a good indication of how that tracks. So, you know, they own the ball for a large percentage of the time, um, you know, and neither team were terribly uh, efficient from inside 50. We were slightly more efficient going at just under 50%, um, north at 43 probably reflecting just their lack of talent up forward, probably, I'd say, more than anything else. Yeah. Uh, we, we did push them out wide. We did once um, we kind of, when they were trying trying to get into um, the forward line. So a lot of their shots were mostly further out. They, there were some that were out in front that they then just, they, they forgot that the two really big sticks are what you're supposed mm. to aim between. Mm. Um and so I thought our defence actually kind of worked well to do that. But definitely that, that run on the outside was absolutely killing us. Yeah, it was. Um, what else do we have here in the stoppage department? Um, Riley got beaten again by um, Mr Goldstein, but... Uh, um, have a look at that. Have a look at how that tracked. I don't know whether you've got YouTube up, Nick, but at times, no, I don't. at times, Goldstein was like fifteen hit ups, hit outs up. I mean, that's a big disparity. It only really came back to close towards the end of the match. Um, yeah, there, there was some interesting though, particularly in those center square hit outs, because there were some that were very much to Goldstein's advantage and weren't called back at all. Um, but I thought around the ground, um, 
Rob was probably that better option. They used Goldstein more up forward and he was quite effective there and worried us a bit when they were having their comeback. Mm. Um, but I, I was pleased to see Rob clunking the marks, the one he took on the goal line, and then very smartly just like, no, 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 I'm going to kick this over the line real quick and not a that shot. Yeah. He, he knows he has some issues with that. Um, but and I... So whilst we weren't doing so well in that centre, I think I could see some reasons for that. And a number of the times, though, he was getting some beautiful taps down but went straight to a north player because they were actually on the move and all of our midfielders were too in close. Yeah. I, I, we just looked a bit light, Nick. We looked a bit light around yeah. the midfield. Um they had they have some big bodies in the midfield still uh, North Melbourne and without Sloney there uh, it was really left up to Rory Laird and um, we just seemed to get bustled a bit. Yep, yeah, and I thought Laird's after match interview was interesting with him being tagged and and he admitted you know I didn't handle it well and yet you no. probably put him in close to our best players. Yeah, uh, I, I, I liked his answer. Working through that that tag, yeah. Um, but there was I should have seen Key step up a little bit more, but they didn't till the last quarter. Yeah. Um, I, I like Lady's um, <laughs> the way he responded to uh, to the questions about him getting tagged <laughs> because yeah. he didn't look comfortable at all. Didn't look comfortable at all. But uh, he he stuck in there, and around the grounds, he was fantastic. So, um, you know, can't really fault him there. Uh, but no, if you and can we, see, we saw that last year when he was getting tagged and he didn't quite know how to cope with it, and he kind of went back in his shell. Yeah. And this one, he still didn't like it, and he retaliated probably in ways he shouldn't have at times. Mm. But there was the frustration, etc. But he still kept working and trying to get the ball and be proactive, and that's the way to beat the tag. And that's when they got frustrated and really started targeting him. And I think one of the best thing was when he did get that hit, we immediately took him off. Just like, no, 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 they're doing that. We're just going to take you off for a little bit, rest, protect, yeah. Yeah. then go back on. So I thought that yeah. was actually really good when they yeah. did that, and I think that helped him a bit too. Yeah. If you have a look at the centre clearance stats, though, I mean, we got absolutely towed up for the majority yep. of the game again. Um, you know, the disparity is quite remarkable and we only got to parity um, sort of halfway through the last quarter. Um, so they were really getting on top of us in the midfield. Uh, around the grounds with stoppages, let's have a look. Yeah, even even around the grounds with stoppages, it was more even, but uh, three periods of the third and, uh, you know, sort of halfway through the last um we were getting out bustled and, and they were out and outnumbering us. So even though stoppage clearances were even at 20 all and centre clearances were even at 12-10, um, it wasn't that convincing and it wasn't that close for long periods of the game. Um, you know, and I think you'll find as we have a look at possessions, I'll just chuck up here contested possessions here. Um, you know, we, we won that contested possessions 141 to 132 and yet again there's a disparity through the middle of the game where we just dropped off in terms of our intensity and our ability to, to win contested ball 
and it was and that's what I was yelling at so, so much about it because you could just see those setups happening where they they had that outer ring and it was ah oh, yeah <laughs> frustrating now something's gone wrong with my camera so uh you're not going to see me much anymore <laughs> uh, but that's okay no one really wants to anyway um if we have a look at uncontested possession, uh, where are we? So again, even though we ended up winning uncontested possession one eighty uh, two twenty seven to one eighty eight, um, towards the beginning of the last quarter, it was pretty much even, and we only really drew away in uncontested possession as we took control of the game in the last quarter. So those yeah. that's that's where these um, end of game stats can be quite misleading, because. Um, they don't tell you the game. That's why I like getting the stats tracker up because it actually sees, it shows you what's happening during the course of the game. You can generally track the scoreline to what's happening with some key um, key stats. And we've certainly seen that here where most of the stats have only really gotten even as we've come towards the end of the, uh, end of the game. Um, our marks... Uh, Surprisingly, we were pretty much up on that, 105 to 76. So that surprises me because Kangaroos had a similar kick-to-handle ratio than uh, we did, um, but uh, we seem to take more marks, so I'm not sure. Not sure and there was, uh, there was some good contested marks in there too. Yeah, well, our marks inside 50, um, we were miles on top, uh, which probably reflects the way Kangaroos were scoring. Um, they didn't take a lot of marks inside 50. Contested marks, again, 19 to 8 was the um, was the final margin, and yet uh, halfway through the third quarter it was even. So we took, what did we take? From the 10-minute mark of the third quarter, uh, what's that, 8? We took 11 contested marks, and they took 1. So we yeah. really got on top in the air uh, but you know there was a couple of things that I really noticed one was that we were getting bogged down across half back so we had no run coming out of half back and the amount of times nice. we kicked the ball down the line instead of um, our little diagonals and being, they really did deny us the corridor and they made us go down the line um, and the second thing that uh, correlates with that is the amount of times we kicked to contests instead of kicking to lead ups and we were uh, fortunate, I think, in some respects, that we were able to get on top in the contesting marking stakes because had we not done so and there'd be a lot more 50-50 ball, uh, we may not have got the result because the stat, that stat there shows me that we were fortunate to win a lot of one-on-one -on -one or, or contested contests aerially. And we, we did have some nice lead-ups at time, but our kicking two our forwards was poor yeah well the amount of times we tried uh cute kicks over over a north melbourne player you know a, a, a little weighted kick <sighs> and the amount of times that got they got cut off um you know it was just millionaire footy uh in terms of our defense our tackles um were, i mean it was a pretty intense game so tackling was pretty good um it was a, a game though North Melbourne tracked through that second and third quarter, they tracked a lot higher than us in tackles. So um, even though we ended up winning the tackle count by a couple, at some stages there they were, 
well, they were, you know, 10 to 12 tackles up at some stages during that period in the second and third quarter. So, again, you know, a misleading stat in the end. Same with tackles inside 50. I don't know whether the people that are actually... Um, the people that are actually uh, watching on YouTube, um, that's an amazing stat. Have a look at that. Tackles inside 50. Um, we were even at the 18-minute mark of the first quarter, and then... At the start of the third quarter, we were, what, 10 tackles down? Tackles inside 50? North Melbourne and, and only... What was, Sorry, go on. What was our missed tackles? Because the number of missed tackles... Wow, they don't tell that, that was another stuff. frustrating aspect yeah. of, like, we just yeah. reaching yeah. too far. We weren't making sure, or they were just breaking it too easily. Yeah, the Kangaroos did not lay a tackle inside 50 in the second half. And we uh, we upped our intensity. We only had two tackles in the uh, in the inside fifty in the first half, and I think that's reflective of the fact that we had Lynch, Walker, Fogarty, and Frampton up there, and also McAdam, who isn't really uh, he's got to work on his defensive game. So we were very very top heavy, and they were able to waltz the ball out. It really, and this is this is where I'm getting yeah. at with regards to Fogarty. Um, I'm happy that he was in the... I'm happy that he was in the game. I'm happy that he got selected. But having Tex, Lynch and Fogg in the same forward line makes us a very slow forward line defensively. And it's a real concern. Yeah, to, to me, Lynch is the one that's a liability at the moment because he's just not performing. I agree. Um, now, just while I go and uh, get a cable neck <laughs> to try and get my camera going, um, <laughs> do you want to talk to uh, Do you want to talk to Ray? I'm going to bring Razor Ray, Razor Ray, Uh-oh. all the way from the United States. Where are you, Ray? Let me move you down. Hang on a sec. Hope you're ready, mate, because you're on. Ray, how are you going? Oh, you're a bit quiet, mate. Can you get closer to whatever you're speaking into? Yeah, Yeah, that's much better. Better. How y'all doing tonight? Pretty good. (laughs) Now, Nick, have a conversation while I go and get a cable. I'll be back in a minute. (laughs) So, (laughs) I mean, you've got one of the good names there with Razor Ray, but how on earth did you end up following the Crows? Well, long story short, I uh, used to live over there doing work for the family, and then I uh, hooked up with an Adelaide girl, and I always <laughs> liked uh, footy, and her team was the Crows, and so they became my team. <laughs> well, that's that's very good. Um, so you, did you manage to catch the game today? Oh, yeah. I I, uh, I boiled the game today down to the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> So I'm I mean, suggesting the ugly is the largest part? Well, the ugly would be Billy Frampton because he would just he had another horrible game. He had a horrible game last week. I think we discussed it last week about he really needs to sit out a bit. So that was the ugly. Yeah, and you would know listening to us that I'm quite a big fan of Himmelberg, and I think we were just kind of waiting for him to get some form in the SNFL. Yeah, I know. I totally agree with that. Yeah, I think he'll do better. He just season him up a bit. 
and definitely I'm watching him against South Adelaide uh, last week in the SNFL. His ruck work has also improved incredibly. So he can do a lot more pinch hitting for Rob. Yeah, agreed. And it'll, it'll free Rob up a little bit, break him, give him a break during the game. I, th- I think he likes to shoot a lot, but because we've literally got him and Strawn, <laughs> and <laughs> sorry, Strawny, but no, um, <laughs> we 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 do kind of <laughs> need need to keep Rob in the game as much as possible. Yes, agreed. He's in firing. He's in firing. Now it says a lot about technology that we can't get a bloke from uh, I don't know wherever Macca lives down at the bay or something in, but we can get a bloke from <laughs> where are you, Ray? You're in Texas, mate. No, no, I'm in uh, northern Nevada. Ah, northern Nevada. Yeah, fair enough. And um, what what's the experience like watching Aussie Rules football in America? Do you, I don't suppose you have any mates coming over having a beer and watching the game? Do you? Uh, they don't watch it. Uh, I have invited a few over, and they're frustrated by the officiating. (laughs) (laughs) So wait. Well, they're screaming at the TV also. That's a tackle. That's ball. So they, yeah, it's, uh, they don't really understand it. They don't follow it. So that's probably why I like the Crowcast, because I get to talk to it talk about the game with other people that follow the game so it's nice it is well, it is good like that it is good to have you on board mate um and and pj crows wants to know how do you actually watch games when you're being based in the u.s because aren't they on a couple of channels um well they use uh fox sports usually would show one game a week maybe two but I've been watching it on the Watch AFL app, Global app. So it's worked out fine for me. And it's uh, I catch a few games during the weekend, and then I watch the rest during the week. So it's nice. I like it. Good. It, it's, good it's good that that actually happens because when I used to live in the UK, uh, the AFL only offered you a radio call. So that was interesting. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, much, it's, it's, it's enjoyable to watch it. Because I've done the radio thing, and that's hard. <laughs> yeah, particularly like in the when you have to wake up early in the morning. Well, I do have to adjust my schedule because uh, on the weekend I'm I'm just blown out because it's uh, going on four in the morning here. <laughs> but no. it's, it's a it's a sacrifice to at least. Um, enjoy it with other people that enjoy the game. I, I don't have that here because nobody nobody knows what Aussie rules is, or because we call it Aussie rules, so which is what it's supposed they, to be called. Yeah, so it's. I've always thought it was just footy. So get that too. So, uh, and Mac has pointed out we've got your ugly. So, what was your good and your bad? Oh, uh, the good. I thought Keith, Tex, Rob. Um, Shoal, Shoal had a great game. Uh, Smithers, they were good. What about the bad? The bad. Roe, Roe was bad. He just had a horrible game. Uh, he did. Bad. The mid, the midfield, the kicking. Um, 
the team not able to lift when they're under pressure sometimes. I think they panic. They don't get yeah. through. And I think that's a case you're going to get with a bit of the young team because even though we do yeah. still have some of those old heads, it's still predominantly a quite a young, inexperienced team. Yeah, no, it's understandable. Well, the reason I really wanted to call in is because uh, a couple of years ago we used to have a laugh about people calling in and it never worked out or, you know, just <laughs> it just became hilarious. So They all year, said they wanted it. And then yeah. we'd offer yeah. it, and everybody would go silent. That's right. Like, chickens. A lot yeah. of you, chickens. Yeah. And but, I, I for... wanted to call in and, and, and just put my thoughts on Fog out there. I think he's really gotten a bum deal from the Crows, because I agree with Rob that he's not a midfielder. He's a forward. And they keep trying to make a dual player out of him, not play a, a strong forward. And I, I think that's difficult for him. And the team has failed to recognize that. So I And people bagging on him and not giving him a chance, I think is totally unfair because I don't think it's on his part. It's, it's the club forcing him or making him play these different roles. And he's, he's a one-track kid, so they need to recognize him and just play him as a forward. Hundred percent right. On him all the time is unfair. Hundred percent right. I'm just going to have to ask you to keep talking right into that microphone because you're fading in and out a little bit. Um, let's while we got you here, mate. Let's just uh, continue on with some of these head to head stats. Um, oh, the other thing, the score involvements here. Um, oh, and you're also feeding back through your uh, through your headset. Uh, again, they got they had a lot more trains running um, at various stages through the game, and um, they looked to be using each other a lot more. As I was saying before, we tended to kick up and down the line, and um, it just wasn't very efficient football. Um, I think that's probably the tail of the tape, Nick. Yeah, and it definitely it, it was. It was. Our issues were our midfield. Our issues were, apart from the first 10 minutes in the last quarter, kicking into the forward line. Um, but I actually thought our wings weren't bad. I thought Seed and Shoal had a decent game for both of them. Um, and oh, the one other one, I, I hate to say it, but I thought Geordie Butts had a bit of a mare as well. Um, oh, I it didn't had to mind come at some stage. game. Oh, it, it was okay overall, but there were those first couple of mistakes at the start, and I thought, oh, this isn't going to go well for him. Um, he got away with a few things. He got a few things played against him. Um, Goldstein's mark that bounced off his face <laughs> was a yeah, and you mm. and not you, Razor Ray, but the other Razor Ray <laughs> was right in front of him, and he missed that. Um, but. Yeah, I, th- I think you covered off pretty much those stats showed exactly what the tale of the game was and why it was so frustrating to watch, probably not only as a Crow supporter but as a North Melbourne supporter. All right. Well, in that case, let's have a look at some uh, individual stats because uh, we've got it up here on the uh, on the screen. And the first one that I really wanted to have a look at is um, Lockie Shaw because I just thought he had a fantastic game. 
Indeed. So 31 disposals, 25 kicks, 6 handballs, 8 marks, 2 ta- tackles, uh, and kick 1 goal too. Um, fantastic. And uh, I've managed to get up the uh, Telstra tracker here, and you can just see where he was getting his def- uh, his ball. He spent a lot of time in defence, but in the last quarter, uh, when he got forward a couple of times, he was very damaging. Um, and, uh, you know, kicked that goal towards the end there that was almost a sealer, really. So... It was an excellent game. Just having a look at his stats there, you can see he was quite prolific in the first quarter. He had uh, seven disposals in the first quarter. But he was one of the few that kept working hard in the second and third quarters when others were falling away. So um, you can see there that the stat line, the trend line, is fairly consistent for him with disposals. Uh, in terms of his score involvements, which I always like to have a look at, um, he... Uh, Got very busy in the last quarter. Have a look at that. One, two, three, four, five, six score involvements in the last quarter. So you could say that Lockie Shaw was instrumental in getting us back into the game. Uh, yes, Liquid Crow, we've got heat maps now. <laughs> it's all happening. It's all happening. Um, I think on paper, Shaw had the best game So for this I think. Yeah, I reckon you're right. I reckon you're right. Um, his metres gained let's have a look at his metres gained so nearly 600 metres gained for the for the match is not a bad effort um, you know his disposal efficiency at 81% 9 contested possessions um, 22 uncontested possessions uh, 6 intercepts um, 1 goal assist 8 score involvements um, 14 pressure acts spent Almost the entire game on the ground, 120 minutes out of 126. Uh, just an all-round really good effort from Lockie. Yeah, I thought he's been down a little bit quiet the past two weeks, so it was really nice to see him have another of those quite dominant games on the wing that we know he can do. And just that ability, that disposal he has by either foot, it's just magnificent. Um and I think, as PJ Crow said, he polished a lot of turds today. Um, <laughs> he certainly did. Yeah, and, and very much it was that that last quarter, him, and you look at the, the players who really lifted it in that last quarter, it was him, it was Schoenberg, it was Duday. These are young players, um, so it is boding well for our future. Yep, 100% agree. Uh, Tommy Duday, actually, for mine, was a... Uh, a bit of an unsung hero, uh, particularly in the last, um, and we'll get to him in a captain. moment. Yeah. Let's have a look at Lairdy. Um I thought Rory's game was pretty damn good, considering he did struggle with a tag there during um, periods of the game, but I thought he was excellent. Um, 31 disposals, 12 kicks, 19 handballs. Um, again, all around the ground, but very, very busy in the centre of the ground, as you can see there from the Telstra tracker. Um, but you can see how his disposals tracked. It was a bit quiet through periods of the second and the third quarter, but um, either side of that, certainly in the first quarter and in the last, he was very, very busy. And very much so, those intercept marks were when they were trying to get that run on. I mean, he was they were just absolutely massive contested marks he was taking. And, you know, to, to have that level of the captaincy, on you at that age under fire 
doing it from defence and then being quite integral in those repeat entries back into our forward 50 because not only is he a, a great intercept marker, he's got a really nice disposal on him as well, Yep. which was why I was very happy when we had that whole lever discussion that I kept telling everybody, don't worry, we've got somebody cheaper who's better. Now, now right? It's just so nice to see that it's coming through. Ray, I'm going to give you a chance for your final thoughts and then I'm going to kick you out because you're feeding back. (laughs) (laughs) Give us your final thoughts, mate. No, great. Hey, thanks for allowing me to call in. It was great. It was fun. And you can stick it up everyone else that's in the the chat. Thanks, Ray. Ray. Hey, thank you, guys. (laughs) Have a great time, Ray. It's good to hear you in here. (laughs) You too, Nick. And that was Razor Ray. So... I just want to make a note, Nick, that uh, for the patrons that uh, are listening or watching, um, you do have automatic access uh, on Discord um, to uh, the voice channels in uh, in the Crowcast server, and you also get the opportunity to come on uh, the show. So uh, I don't think we've had anyone apart from Ray uh, on, uh, maybe PJ last year, PJ Crows, but... Uh, don't don't be shy. Get around it. Um, all right. Now back to uh, Lady. Um, his um, his contested work was pretty good. Eighteen contested possessions, fourteen uncontested possessions. I just want to have a look quickly at his stoppage work. Um, his centre clearances. Um, sorry, wrong guy. Ray Lady. Yeah. So his. Uh, he only had two centre clearances for the game. I actually am surprised by that. I thought he had more. Let's have a look. Yeah, two centre clearances and nine stoppage clearances. Um, so I don't know whether he didn't get credit for some of those, but I thought he was a bit busier in the middle. But maybe that's a maybe that's a um, uh, indication of the tagging role that was getting played on him in the middle. Yeah, I think it definitely was. And that was one of the other things that Nick said was that he sacrificed a bit of his game in that last quarter um, to enable us to actually lift a little bit in the midfield. And for somebody, you know, who's still learning his way as a midfielder, we we kind of forget he's he's only been doing this for a year, really. He's not bloody Um, learning. How long do you want him to play in the midfield before he stops learning, Nick? You God, never I wish Mac was in life. You never stop learning in life. But, oh, God. But going from that running halfback flanker to an inside midfielder in a way, and, and literally he had to carry the midfield today. And he yeah, hasn't he really had to do that so much any before. So I was really impressed with his game um, overall. And I agree with you that I think that some of those stats, I think they missed some. And Janamai said, like, nine stoppage clearance is very good. Particularly when we were getting smashed. Well, that's right. Exactly right. I mean, his contested work was elite. He had 18 contested possessions, um, predominantly in the first half, um, and 14 uncontested possessions. But uh, he was just a, a really good foil for the uh, for the rest of the midfield. Uh, Benny Keys, I'll just have a look quickly at Ben. I thought Benny Keys was a little bit down today. Yeah. He's probably the... 
Probably the least output I've seen from Ben Keys for a while. What what would you say? Agree. Um, I was expecting him, particularly when Letty was being tagged, mm. that he should have lifted, and we didn't quite get that from him. Mm. Yeah, it was quite surprising, actually. Um, where is he? Hey, Ben. I don't know what's going on there. Anyway, um, yeah, he had twenty. I mean, he had twenty-five disposals, and he was quite busy. But I don't think he had the same impact on the game as what we used to. Would that be a fair statement? Yeah. Well, thanks for that. <laughs> no, I'm agreeing with you. Sorry. <laughs> Like, ah. yeah, he's not even on the bloody thing. Um, all right, uh, his contested ball work was probably uh, pretty good still. 12 contested possessions, uh, what's that? Two, four, six in the second half, six in the first. Um, but he was down in score involvements uh, until the last quarter. You can see, um, he had no basically no impact on the scoreboard in the first half, uh, in terms of score involvements, uh, and then he had, um, What's that? Four score involvements in the last quarter, um, and one in the third. So he w- he was one that lifted along with Shoal and a couple of others, I think. Um, um, after after three quarter time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm trying to think of who else that really did lift, and there wasn't a lot. Um, because to, to me, even though Rob was getting beaten, to me he was fairly consistent over all four. Um, I actually thought yeah. um, Brody Smith played a pretty good game. Yeah, yeah, particularly when we were getting challenged and we were losing a bit of that run. He they, mm. he really tried. There were a couple of those. I did see him when he he got um, his knee looked at, but he came back on and, and seemed quite fine. Um, mm. I want to know who the hell was on Stevenson because it didn't look yeah. like we had anybody on him. Well, Brody Smith, he had 22 disposals, 19 kicks, 3 handballs, 7 marks, 3 tackles. Um, covered um, very much um, his two roles, it's very obvious. He's the deliverer out of defence and he's the deliverer into forward 50. You can see where all his disposals are just about is on that uh, defensive 50 line and uh, just forward of centre on the uh, half forward line there. Um, so you know that's what we go. What, what we've been talking about about players playing their roles. Eighty-two um, percent disposal efficiency, which is really good for Brody because he can spray them a little bit at times. Um, five score involvements. Uh, I would hazard a guess if we just have a look. Uh, yeah, two in the first and two in the last there. So. Um, what is this intercept? He had to go. He was playing a bit deeper in that second and third because we were getting those repeat into the defence. Yeah, uh, intercepts is what I wanted to have a look at with him because he had uh, nine for the match, which is pretty good. Um, particularly yeah. in that uh, towards the end of the second quarter, there where they were really um, getting a bit of a wriggle on, he was able to be a bit of a rock and and try to limit that. He had six inside fifties, seven rebounds fifties. Um, two one percenters. I thought it was a pretty good game from Brody. 
Yeah, I was. He w- he was in one of my five. Yeah, and as um, as uh, mentioned in the chat, there over seven hundred meters gained, which is uh, pretty amazing. Not too shabby. Seven forty-seven. So that's pretty good. Um, Seedsman, I thought was another one that played pretty well. Um, uh, also had over five hundred five hundred and fifty meters gained for Paul Seedsman. Um, I thought was a pretty good uh, effort from him. Um, it's just so when when it's, Paul Seisman turns up, he's yeah. He was one of the few four quarter players we had. Yeah, I'd agree with that, Nick. When when Seisman turns up, he's very serviceable. You know, he had twenty five disposals, seventeen kicks, eight handballs, uh, four marks, four tackles, kick one goal, one. Um, you can see there uh, predominantly uh, through the wing and um, defensively. So. Um, you know, he did a lot of grunt work. Um, I'd love to see his contested possessions. Five contested possessions, 21 uncontested possessions. Um, so, again, he's another guy that just... He's he's a deliverer into our forward 50. I'd like to see what his score involvements were. Um, yeah, so again, in that last quarter, he's had four score involvements, seven for the match, um, which is pretty good. Uh so, yeah, I, I actually thought he was also a bit instrumental. Um, 611 metres gained, as I mentioned before. He was also a bit instrumental in uh, our last quarter fight back, if you ask me. And we, we haven't kind of mentioned in the last two... Oh, we did get the Sydney game. We mentioned him there. But I actually thought he, w- he was also fairly consistent last week as well. So that's like three games in a row. We've had a really nice consistency from mm. Seeds. And... Um, so others have talked about in the chat, you know, he's normally a bit up and down or he's a bit walkabout. But to me, we've seen that consistency from him this year, which is quite pleasing, mm. um, which means, you know, just being that more actively involved in the game. Yeah. Now, we've already talked about Lockie Scholl. Let's have a talk about another young gun, Mr. Schoenberg. Who I, thought <laughs> I was going to say your favourite. <laughs> I just thought he had quite a consistent game today. He had 20 disposals, 15 kicks and four ha- uh, five handballs um, and um, went missing a little bit in the third quarter but uh, was again quite instrumental in the last. Um, now was he playing but, more forward? Because I didn't see him in the midfield a lot. Uh, he didn't play a lot of midfield minutes. I saw actually Lockie Murphy uh, play a bit of, uh, do a bit of work around the midfield at times. Yeah. I didn't see a lot of Harry uh, didn't see a lot of Sam Berry either, um, to be honest with you. Um, you can see Harry's work was predominantly on the wings, forward of the forward 50, so he was kind of hitting up a bit. Um, 60% time spent in the forward half, but only got two possessions in the centre square, so you couldn't say that he was uh, any um, any any real uh, threat in there. Kicked two goals though in that last quarter, which was good. Um, nine score involvements as well, and I bet you most of those were in the last quarter too. Yeah, so he's had five score involvements out yeah. of his nine in the last quarter. So, um, you know, it really... And, and uh, just that, that... Go on. I was, I was just going to say that the first of his goals in that last quarter, I love the shot from behind the goal of when he's running and Walker does that little tap down. And the way that he actually runs... And he's still running, but he slows the, the little run on the little arc yeah. just so he can then, once he gets that hit, to then accelerate away. So he wasn't going to be too far 
in front. He was that perfect distance. And is that innate ability that he has? And his second goal, just those little steps just to create that space. I mean, I know Maka and you have raised it quite a lot, is his ability to just make something happen, but just to make everybody else around him move in slow motion and to move away from him. Yeah, it's composure. It's composure, it, and it's, what you described about him very, steadying very himself. Yeah, it, him being able to steady himself um, uh, and just take one or two steps um, is really key to him being able to use the ball as efficiently as he does. I mean, let's have a look at his disposal, uh, his effective disposals, or his disposal efficiency, I should say. Um, you know, up around the ninety percent. What's that? No, what did he finish up with? Yeah, 90% disposal efficiency from 20 possessions. That's uh, elite in terms of disposal efficiency. Uh, very much so. Um, so, and, you know, the thing, the noticeable thing about that is that his disposal efficiency actually increases the game while on. Um, he was down around the 50% uh, in the first quarter. Um, so that shows me that he was running on top of the ground in the last quarter. Um, and he used the ball particularly well. So I, I liked Harry's game. Um, and, and that's it, what he's been working on, was getting his aerobic capacity up so he could play yeah, more yeah. midfield. And I'm telling you right now, Nick, once he can run a game out in the midfield, he's a, he's a Brownlow medalist. Uh, definitely. He's absolute um, silk. And a 300-game player. Touch wood. Uh, yep, touch wood. Um, Tommy Doty is probably the last one that I want to have a look at. Now, the stats probably won't tell a huge story, but uh, Tommy, I thought, as I mentioned earlier, was just a bit of a rock for us down back, uh, particularly in that last quarter. He's, the one that I'll have a look at is his intercepts, because I'm sure in the last quarter that'll kick up, yeah. So he had four intercept possessions in the last quarter, um, and I, I probably remember all of them. Um uh, just on that, on that, you know, backward of half forward there, uh, just standing in the way when we were able to get repeat inside fifties. Yeah, just just right by the interchange gates. That was his spot. You yep. kick it to there, he's going to mark it. Yep, and you can see from his uh, from his uh, tra- hotspot tracker there, he played quite deep for most of the game. But when we were able to push up and get some field position, finally, um, he was able to get those possessions uh, a little bit further up. Had 18 disposals, 11 kicks, 7 handballs, 9 marks. Um, I reckon those marks might have been, <clears throat> pardon me, yeah, 3 in the last quarter. Um, and I reckon they are probably all contested too. Let's have a look. Oh, two of them yeah, were contested. Yep. Um, yeah, so uh, 9 contested possessions, 8 uncontested possessions, uh, 11 intercept possessions, as we just spoke about before. Uh, his score involvements is uh, interesting for a guy who's played so deep. His score involvements uh, are six, including three in the last quarter. So um, it just shows that he does something with it. He uses the ball very well when he's when he's uh, got hold of it. Uh, five yep. contested marks, uh, three seventy-seven meters game. I thought probably Tommy's best game for the season so far. Uh, agree. Um, and even though he did have some issues one-on-one, but he's, like, up against Goldstein. Um, so there, 
they they did really try to mismatch our defense. Um, and I thought the way that he controlled the defense and he would actually, you could see him actively, you know, telling Butts going, no, you on them, I will take this player um, mm. and things like that. The, so the on-field leadership, which we kind of know about, but it was just so nice to see that little step forward. Um, and he is very much a captain in the making. A hundred percent. 100%. You can tell that he's fully invested in what's going on and, uh, yeah, he just needs 50 games under his belt, that, that lad. Um, yep. Now, uh, a couple... Uh, Will Hamill, I thought, had an interesting game. I'm actually a little bit worried about his ability to rebound from head knocks at this stage because he copped another one uh, that looked a little he nasty. He got cleared, though. So I was very surprised to see him back on the ground because I know we're very... Um, not concerned, but we very aware of what he has, particularly those concussions from last year. I know mm. um, another one that also has issues with concussions because of delayed symptoms is actually um, DMAC. And so the club was often very conservative about it. So the fact that he came back on, and he actually didn't play too badly yeah. um, when he came back on. So I that was... To me, that was okay, and it was good that we we took him off. Um, but he he didn't he was struggling early on, I think, with a little bit of the matchup, and that's something he's got to work through because he's a very good defender. Yeah, well, he had seven positives during that lean period in, in the second and third quarters. Uh, finished off the game with three after two in the first. So you're right, Nick. And there was obviously that period of time where he was off the ground getting assessed as well. So. Um, you know, a, a lot of work in the back half, a little bit uh, going forward towards the end. Um, five contested possessions, uh, ten uncontested possessions, only turned it over twice, five intercepts. Um, we got there four marks, uh, eight pressure acts, gained 200 metres. So, you know, I mean, he's a, Will Hamill is a work in progress. I'd like to see him put on a bit of beef. He obviously needs, I think, He's so slight that he needs to put on a bit of muscle around the neck and shoulders to kind of help him stabilise his head a bit because, um, like, the one that he got... um, The one that put him down today was fairly innocuous. Yeah, and that's what can kind of happen because I've had one of those before. Um, where it's more the whiplash that gets you. Well, and that's what I'm saying. That's 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 what yeah. a um, that's what a strong neck will help you with that whiplash. That's yeah. why the the Grand Prix drivers go through all that neck training. But but I, I like what they're doing with him to teach him how to be more defender because um, he's not bad at it. But that AFL, that step up from the SNFL to the AFL is is quite a bit more. And then you can see that he's very much the like-for-like replacement with Brody. Oh, 100%. He's uh, Brody's understudy. There's no doubt about it. Um, and you can imagine in the future him, Wayne Miller, and uh, Lockie Scholl, although I think Lockie will play further up. But, uh, yeah, the, uh, you know, uh, Worrell and those types running off halfback would be excellent. So uh, I didn't think it was a bad game from Will, uh, and I hope he's all right with his head. Now... Players in trouble. Let's start with Tommy Lynch because I know the club loves him and he's a leader and all the rest yeah. of it. 
Mecca. I just heard Mecca. It was Mecca a small then. cameo, and then he ran away. Is he gone again? I have no idea. <laughs> Mecca, we missed Ma- you. Mecca, we can hear you, so do you need me to mute you? <laughs> I think possibly. <laughs> I'm going to have to mute him because otherwise he's going to make a fool of himself. <laughs> Oh, shit. That's pretty funny. Uh, where are you, Mac? I'm just going to mute you, mate. <laughs> there you go. Um, right. Lynchy. <laughs> yeah, Lynch. So you had 17 touches. Um, from your lead up forward, that's, you know, that's kind of what you want. What are we whinging about, Nick? Yeah, but what was his efficiency regarding those 17 touches? Um, his disposal efficiency was started off quite high. The first half, he was up around 100%, but ended at about 77 or 78% disposal efficiency. 71. Yeah, I, uh, I thought a lot of his disposals were poo. Well, second half, he, he was shocking. Second half, he had a... Uh, a bit of a mare. Um, if you have a look at his effective disposals in the in the first half compared to the second half, he only had four effective disposals in the second half and eight in the first half. So out of his 17 disposals, he had eight effective in the first half, four in the second half, and the rest were uh, ineffective. And, and I think a lot of those stats were actually generous. Well, the other thing I look at with Lynch is his score involvements because that's his role. He is the link man and he should be getting involved in chains and he only had four four score involvements today and critically wasn't really involved in the last quarter. Um, you know, had two score involvements in the first quarter, uh, one just after half time, and one at the beginning of the last quarter. That was it. Um, so, you know... But, Considering that's probably his, I would say, his number one KPI. Um, you know, he didn't hit the scoreboard himself and he only had those few score assists, uh, score involvements. So, yeah, a little bit disappointing um, from Tommy. Only four contested possessions, turned it over four times. Um, I don't know how that correlates, but anyway. Um, uh, took five marks, only one contested. Only five pressure acts. Uh, spent, uh, oh, what's that? Spent a fair bit of time off the ground. So 94 minutes out of a total of 126. What's that? It's about 60-something percent, 70 percent, I guess. 285 metres gained. Not much else going on there with Tommy. No. Oh, you know, I don't know. And I know I, they I love him. the stats for Benny Davis's game. He kicked two, three, had 13 possessions. Um, oh, no, I think he had more than that. Um, so I wonder whether there's going to be a, a swap happening there. Yeah, I don't think it's Davis. I think it needs to be Fogarty going into that role, Nicky. And bring in another smaller? And bring in another smaller, yeah. 
Um, I see Ben Davis as almost Shane McAdam. He Flashy. plays more of the, the Lynch role, though, in yeah. the SNFL. Yeah, I know he does in the SNFL, but in the limited opportunities that we've seen him in the AFL, we haven't seen it. I'm quite happy to give Ben a run because I've, I've always liked him. Um, yeah. And I think, he's, I think he's been a bit stiff. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I worry about... I worry about the makeup of the forward line. Uh, the other one that I want to talk about just now is um, the good boy, Mr. Rowe, who had an absolute yes, stinker. It, yes, and you said it after the Sydney game, mm. and I think it's absolutely spot on. He needs to learn how to play away from Adelaide. Yeah, he had an absolute stinker, Nick. Like, did nothing. Did nothing. I mean, he he worked hard to get his nine disposals because um, he had about, well, what's that, five of them in the in the last quarter. Uh, six kicks, three handballs, ended up kicking one goal, one. But the big stat for me, for Jimmy Rowe, and the thing that hurt us a lot today against North Melbourne, considering the makeup of our forward line, is tackles inside 50. Yep. Of which there was only two. Now, James Rowe, the ball spent a fair amount of time in our forward 50. Rowe needs to um, to get more physical defensively because at the moment he's a liability. And he's a liability that if, if we're going to continue to play the forward structure that we have at the moment, um, we can't afford it. We can't afford it. No. Um, and it was interesting watching between him, McHenry, and Murphy. So you saw Murphy get a bit of run in the midfield. McHenry, yes, he gave away some stupid frees and everything else, but he was involved all four quarters. Roe we only really saw until the last quarter. Um, and and yeah, that's 100%. not – we need that consistency. If you have a look at his score involvements, he had one score involvement to the last quarter and then he had three in the last quarter. Um, what we didn't see a lot of is him getting up the ground. Um, you know, I've, I'm a fan. I really am. I don't think he's fit enough. Um, and I think that's uh, that was my impression when we brought him in, that he wasn't going to be fit enough. Um, and I still think that might be the case. Mac, are you there? I reckon Fiend's muted me. Muted me. Mac, are <laughs> no, you there? No, we can hear you. Have I finally got this fucker to work? Uh, what's your language? <laughs> yes, you have. <laughs> I'm so going goes... for the last down a bit. <laughs> well, that's not my fault, mate. Well done, Macca. We're talking about Roy. <laughs> Roy, yeah, he had a, didn't he have a shit of first half? I mean, I mean, uh, he had one kick. One mark, one tackle for a whole half of a game, and uh, he did a, made a slight amends in the second half. But gee, his first half was terrible. I kept asking the other people who were watching the game with me, "Is he on the oval?" Yeah, he was almost unsighted. Um, I look, I, I'm a big G for him, Mac, but I think he's unfit, and I think at this stage, uh, 
Of the three, Ned McHenry, Lockie Murphy and Jimmy Rowe, I think he's the one that maybe needs a spell and I think he needs to do a lot more work in the gym, aerobically. Well, nobody can argue with that because, you know, he he doesn't look the greatest, fittest bloke in the world. But um, I think I would still continue playing him, Pete. I think the biggest problem I thought with our forward line today is that... um, you know, we, we tried to make a midfielder of a non-midfielder and then stuck him in the forward line. And at times, our, you, I don't know if you noticed, our forward line was just uh, too tall again. Yeah. Well, the thing about that is, Macca, that we talked about that about 20 minutes ago. And I know, I you know, you've, I know you've got a lot of pent-up frustration, but I'm not going to reconfigure the whole freaking cast. <laughs> Just to get your thoughts. No, so here I we go. That, but but here we on. go. Here we go. I know a lot of people are interested in your thoughts. So I'm going to give you five minutes, or not five, maybe two, to just give us your give broad brush, broad brush overview of what you thought about the game. Go. Well, firstly, I thought that we started off in good fashion, and uh, and that only lasted about ten minutes or so, and then I, we started to get a, just a little bit sloppy. I thought. Um, we actually then gave them the opportunity to feel like they were in the game. And once they felt like they were in the game, uh, well, obviously, uh, they lift their spirits, they try harder, they start to use the ball better. Um, and then, you know, for, for some of you back, the, the Crows uh, 1 to 40, I was thinking, well, get, you know, get, get 25 bucks and just flush it down the loo because it's gone. You know, we're just playing terrible footy. Terrible Correct. Footy. And uh, um, we're. It was uh, at three-quarter time. I mean, I made the great statement, um, we're going to lose. We're going to lose because we're just not playing well enough. But I don't know what was the magic switch button. I just have no idea because of the fact that uh, everything we did wrong for two and a half quarters, all of a sudden we suddenly started doing right. And you could see also we altered our structure when they had the ball in our forward line. Uh, they, we made it almost impossible to get the ball out. Whereas that wasn't the case earlier, and I, I'm, I don't know, uh, you know, I I'm not, couldn't analyse it enough to work it out. But when they did change that structure, and it's and it prevented North Adelaide, uh, North Melbourne, sorry, from, from uh, clearing the ball. And as a result of that, Dude in particular had a field day picking it off. Um, young uh, Schoenberger, he was outstanding in the last quarter. Even Rowie got a couple of kicks there in the last quarter. And uh, all of a sudden, uh, we lifted our game and went back to they have good game. And uh, uh, but it wasn't there for about two and a half quarters. And uh, I'm not going to repeat everything more than that because I'm sure you've gone right into all the detail. But as a synopsis, that's what I would say. And I'd say that, and I can't believe I actually collected on my one over forty. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that in itself was ridiculous. I know it didn't feel like a forty-one point game, did it, mate? <laughs> you were wrong. We were right, but you were right for two quarters. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think you. Um, I have been hearing on and off what you guys have been saying. I think you, you've uh, summarised it very well. Um, I'm not so sure. Uh, <laughs> raise a ray or kick you up the ass, mate. Even though you're in America, you don't take a breath. You'll pass out. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> well, he managed to get on the bloody thing. You, you didn't. But I do agree with Liquid Crow. It was at the worst 41 point whenever. And yeah. uh, I would like to think that we could play the type of football we played in the last quarter uh, right from the beginning of the game and uh, just try and 
and, and I know we're a young side and it's, and it's not going to happen all the time, but the idea is to, uh, now, they're, now we're the worst, <laughs> best team in the AFL, um, no, just to try and, I don't know what, as I said, I don't know really what, how they changed our structure, but the structure was perfect in the last quarter. That, and really that's, uh, haven't got much more to add, to add than that other than to say that there were two outstanding players, Lady, who won, I think it was 15 contested possessions, um, and he had his 31, it might have even been more. And uh, young Scholl, he is becoming an outstanding footballer. Well, Mac, you should uh, feel grateful that uh, you haven't missed anything that we've already said. <laughs> We're in agreement. Yep. I actually, I, 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 even Nicky there for a couple of times. God. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Watch it, Macca. All right. Well, look, I, I mean. Been, I have been bloody watching. That's a couple, Nick. Um, look, we uh, we haven't really got much more to say about it, really. Um, who have we got next week? We've got um, Frio, Frio Sunday, at home. 12.40. <clears throat> That's right. That's right. So, um, Mac, uh, well, my... What I was going to say then, uh, Fee, just to, in moving on to the next game, mm. um, would you or would you not play Fogarty in the next game? Oh, 100% I'd play him. I'd be dropping Lynch, um, and I'd also be dropping Frampton for Himmelberg. Um, I, we were saying uh, earlier, Mac, that one of the problems that we were having is that we were terribly slow defensively in our forward 50, and I think having Lynch, Fogg, Tex, and McAdam there and Frampton just made us too slow. And of those, Lynch would be the one that I'd be dropping. I was actually just surprised that he played, to be honest. Does Hately get a game? He had 26 disposals in the sample. Look, maybe. Maybe Hately gets a game, but I don't think he's necessarily an answer for our um, for our forward line at this stage. Um, but I, my, uh, my my issue with Hately is that he still takes too long to make decisions. He's almost another Kelly. Oh, Kelly's brain. Uh, oh, no, Kelly. no, let's... No, Mako, sorry. You, you done, missed Macca? your opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> All right, look, uh, so Frio next week, uh, and obviously uh, they had a sort of a decent win against Hawthorne uh, today, but uh, that should be a very interesting encounter. Now, Nikki, yes. one of the reasons you didn't know anything about Saturday afternoon's games is because uh, of this particular result. Adelaide 5-3, <laughs> Melbourne one nine fifteen. a margin there of who cares because we're in a grand final. Woo! <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, oh my God, the wind was horrible. <laughs> it was absolutely horrible. It was like Melbourne brought Casey Fields' wind with them, <laughs> but it didn't help them. Nobody um, likes that. It, no. Um, great gutsy wind by the, the girls. It was difficult with that wind. It, it didn't show up on if you're watching it on TV or anything else, but um, you, you're very much right, um, Fiend, that, you know, Clarky has just been adjusting things to find out what went on. Unfortunately, it looks like we might Chelsea Randall might be out for the grand final because yeah, oh, yeah, it's a concuss- terrible loss. Yep, terrible loss. The concussion rule. Um, Liquid Crow said uh, Rachel Rochelle Martin, awesome, is absolutely spot on. God, I, I love her. Um, Karen Paxman absolutely towed us up last time, and she is an outstanding, outstanding player. And what I noticed was that we didn't put a tag on her, 
except when it was stoppages around the ground, Martin was very near her. And anytime she tried to do anything, she was just being grabbed um, by Martin. And when you get tackled by Martin, you stay tackled. Ebony Marinoff equaled Hatchard's disposal record of 35 disposals. She was absolutely best on ground. Um, and I just really like that makeup of our forward line because even though Erin's literally on one leg, they still have to put a very good player on her um, because even on one leg she can still be quite damaging. And it just frees up the other players. Um, and, you know, the fact that we've got grand final back at Adelaide Oval, if you can get there, do it because those girls deserve uh, um, a crowd to, to yell and cheer them on as much as possible. Oh, they'll and get a crowd. They'll get it's a crowd. The replay, and it's a replay of the very first one up against Brisbane. That's right. That's right. Uh, it'll be a good yeah, game, I think. Yeah, Hatchard yeah, Hat and Marinoff, they're just hitting their straps so nicely. They were outstanding. Absolutely yeah. outstanding, those two. Yeah. Uh, Chloe Shear yeah, as well, really impressing like, out forward. I like the way he uses Caitlin Gould and Ree Metcalf in the ruck. Um, that they, you know, they're, they're two different rucks. And so they actually, depending on what's happening and who the opposition is, you know, he'll mix and match as to who starts and um, and where they play. And I and I thought Metcalf, who's been a little bit down, she really picked up her game um, on the weekend and the way that they um, reacted. And that's the first time I've seen them sing that song with that much gusto this season. Yeah. You know, it just melts felt so much to them and you know the fact that there's very limited players in the all-australian team um from our team we're just such an even team um yeah, which i think has about? voted well and that's why we dominate seriously what's that all about oh it, it's ridiculous um because they they don't rate us so much. I did love the commentary kept reminding over and over again that Sarah Allen is an All-Australian defender and she is. She is quite simply um, one of the, the best key defenders they have in the league but we use her to free her up as well but you know that tackle she made in the last quarter um, or last quarter or third quarter um, and then got the holding the ball. I mean she's not the quickest player but she's just smart. You can just tell that she's coached by Peter Caven. She just plays so much like him. Mm. She's such a clever footballer. Um, and I did love that most of our defenders in the AFL team named her as their favourite player, <laughs> which, was, which was quite funny. Um, and, yep, so Dylan Allen is spot on. The AFL wanted Collingwood versus Melbourne at the MCG. The, the umpiring was interesting. Uh, they were not consistent. And so they were allowed to tackle, but we weren't. That's that's what we figured out part of the way through the game. Never mind. Um, but, you know, they've now got us up against Brisbane. Hopefully we'll get a decent umpiring effort. And it should be a really good game, but I think very much we can counter Brisbane. We, we stifle them very well. And the last time we played them, we did the same thing. It was a very hot and muggy game. And mm. we lost Randall in that game as well. So yeah. everybody's going, oh, you know, without Randall. Well, we didn't kind of play her down back for the first couple of weeks and we we were doing fine there. We, we put Stevie Lee Thompson back. We put Denny Van Hagen back, you know, who's quite good as well, even though, um, you know, she's great on the wing too. So I've, fingers crossed, <laughs> I, I think this is going to be a very nice result again and we'll just keep up a little, a, a little system we have that if it's an odd-numbered year, 
Crows win the grand final. Well, you know, it's Saturday, one thirty prime time, Adelaide Oval. Um, yep. I think it's 40,000 people have been asking in the chat. I think our max is now 40,000 in South Australia. Is that right? Yeah, I think it is. They, We'd they really want to fill that up. From, they did it from, so you only had the crowd on one side, but that's the camera side. So, yep. yeah, I had. So they'll probably do that similar thing again. And also I'd like to say thank you to the Adelaide Football Club who have been paying for all of our tickets uh, this year, including Fantastic. including the finals because we're um, members, the AFLW members. So if you do want a free ticket to the grand final, $21 on the website, but it has to be before 6 a.m. tomorrow morning. Fantastic. All right. Now I reckon that's just about the end of it. Uh, Maka, does- <laughs> Oh, I'm worn out, mate. Absolutely worn out. <laughs> You're out here for five minutes. No, we're trying to fix this damn thing. Look, it thanks to weird. everyone. Thanks to everyone who joined us on the chat tonight. Thanks to those watching our live stream on YouTube. Uh, we're growing our numbers there, so give us a like and hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. It uh, helps uh, get us in front of more people on YouTube. Um, thanks also to those watching on Twitch. Thanks to Razor Ray for joining us all the way from Nevada in the USA who managed to get on the cast when you couldn't, Maka. Yep. It's all good, mate. It's all good. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Uh, we'll see you again next Sunday. Good night. Night. Oh, thanks for listening. Night. Oh.